For two plus decades now, Blue October has been stirring audiences. We've watched, followed, and loved them from the early beginnings of Hate Me to whatever they show us tomorrow. We bleed blue, and many of us have used that blue blood and this amazing music to get through our own experiences. It's always been there. Welcome to Just Sway, the Blue Experience, where your host, Lucas Peterson, takes on and shares everything Blue October. Let's Just Sway. Peterson and welcome to Just Sway episode 17. This is a special episode of Just Sway in that I wanted to do something a little different here and bring on a new upcoming artist who has been influenced by Blue October and give a good artist profile of sorts to the Blue family. I'm excited that my guest for this episode is Alex Nicole whose sound has been produced by none other than Blue October's own Matt Noveski. But first, remember if you enjoy Just Sway, please do me a favor and hit that little subscribe button and you'll be notified automatically when a new episode is available. Also, I would greatly appreciate it if you leave the podcast five stars. And if you don't feel like Just Way is worth five stars, let me know. Send me a message and tell me what I could do differently. That feedback is crucial and I highly value it. As well, it really does help a lot and it lets others with similar interests find the podcast. And it's super cool reading through the reviews. If you've already left a review, thank you so much. And make sure to tune in at the end of this episode, because I've been promising it for a while. I wanted to share a special review I received a short time ago. You can also follow the show on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter by searching for Just Sway Podcast. So tag the show in some stuff, drop me a line, and let me know what you think. It's always just such a great pleasure for me meeting and interacting with all of you out there. I just get a big thrill out of it. I love talking anything Blue October. I was first introduced to Alex Nicole back in April or May, I believe. I got lucky and caught her on an Instagram Live she did with Matt, and I was very impressed with how she just seemed to have such great energy and enthusiasm for music. I immediately did a little research and caught some songs and videos on YouTube and was even more impressed. For such a young artist, her songs carried more than her amazing voice. They had depth and character. And that same energy I had seen in her talking with Matt really shined over and above the songs. It was exciting. I love finding new artists. And while I didn't know much about her, I certainly knew I wanted to know more. 
So while it took some time to find a time to talk with her, it was well worth the wait once we were able to finally do so. And one of the first things we talked about was how many other interviews she had done before. And that's where my nerves kind of really kicked in because I found out this was going to be her first interview. But she nailed it. And we immediately synced up right from the start once we started discussing her music and all the things that went into the making of it. We actually ended up talking for about three and a half hours, myself, Alex, and her manager, Avery. They are two of the most pleasant people I have ever met with an enthusiasm for music that is just inspiring. You'll hear how much Alex involves and values her team, as she calls them, which includes her parents, Matt, her vocal coach Ronnie, writing partner Paco Estrada, just to name a few. She has a graciousness and an appreciation that rival her appetite for connection through music. I am incredibly proud to welcome to Just Sway for her first podcast and media debut, the wonderful Alex Nicole. Where's your kind of music history then? How'd you get, how does this whole thing come to you? Where did you start music? I've been singing since, like as long as I can remember, taking voice lessons and all that kind of stuff. But it really started when I was 16. My parents happened to go to an auction that CB was at and they were offering a package to go in the studio and record a song. And so my parents ended up like winning at the auction, winning that package. And so we went to the studio, um, just recorded a few cover songs and Matt happened to be there. And so the engineer that I was working with, Matt Melly, walked in to where Matt was and said, you need to come in here and you need to hear this girl sing. Like I, you know, I think you should play on, you know, maybe one of her songs, but she's got a really good voice. So he came in and he introduced himself. He played a little and then he was like at the end of the session he goes well you know I'd really like to set you up with one of my songwriters if that's okay with you you know I'd, I'd like to I can really see something in you like I could see you going places and here I am 16 years old like literally a day ago had no idea like <laughs> what was happening and I'm like okay yeah sure like let's do it you yeah, know whatever that yeah, means yeah, sure yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so from there I mean we just we we got started I mean started working with a songwriter and recording and from there it's here we are do you write are you actively involved yeah. in this production yeah okay so have you co-written most of the the songs that are your yeah. own your own mm-hmm. originals yeah. really so most of the songs or all of the songs i co-write um with my co-writer Paco Estrada mm-hmm. and he works heavily with Matt uh, you know with a bunch of different artists and so I mean every song that's on mixtape number one and every song that you know is coming out has been written with him so, okay yeah. have you written with Matt as well um I have a little I haven't written one-on-one it's been me him and Paco but it's never just been me Matt one-on-one writing okay yeah what was the first song you wrote so the first song I wrote was called This Is Ours. Yep. All right. Um, I know and it. I wrote that my, I think, second time in the studio. And it is, I, I'm going to be honest, I, I can't stand the song anymore. No way, really? <laughs> I, I know everyone loves it. <laughs> um, but I just, 
I don't know. It's about my first kiss. And uh-huh. so it always just makes me feel kind of awkward when I listen to it. Just because okay. first kisses are just... Yeah. They're, yeah. They're, they're, I think you get that sense of the, the feel from that song, though. It's like, it's this kind of sweeter, you know, yeah. innocent time in someone's life that they're, you know, going through these things and they don't really understand it, but they're sharing it with someone else. Yeah. And the whole point is like, this is this is just you yeah. and mine, right? Yeah. I mean, I think it's a great song. Is yeah. it? Is one of the reasons maybe you don't connect with it as well now is because it doesn't represent kind of where you are? Yeah, I think I think that's also part of it. When I started out, Matt really wanted me to go into country, mm-hmm. and so that's kind of the direction we took with that song specifically, and then with the cover song of "Wherever You Will Go." Uh-huh. Um, great song. I, yeah. I liked your version of yeah. it as well. The, awesome. the calling. I mean, yeah, that's a good song. Yeah. So I think I just, it's a totally different direction than I am right now. So that, yeah, that's could be a reason. So you've got the blue October kind of reference. Do you think they, their music and your music now mm-hmm. are different? Yeah. Which is just kind of where music's yeah. gone. That's not, a, a criticism or anything or critique at all yeah. it's just it's a fact right oh yeah but do you draw a lot from them do, um, do you think they had a, a lot to do with yeah I mean I think definitely like just growing up on them and the music that I grew up on has really had a big influence because you know I talk about my mom and like what we used to listen to and it definitely wasn't what I would call mainstream I guess okay and so I mean that's influenced me because I mean I've played songs and I've been like oh my gosh my mom used to play this in the car all the time my friends are like what are you talking about I've never heard the song (laughs) what other songs I mean I mean how do you say her name Alanis Alanis Morissette yep yep Um, (laughs) Jagged Little Pill uh uh-huh okay let's see who else I mean Nickelback was kind of big in the early 2000s but I mean my mom loved Nickelback Let's see. Maroon 5 oh, was yeah. pretty big back oh, then, too. He's still too. big. Uh, yeah. He's still popular. Yeah. Adam Levine. Yeah. Levine? Levine? L- Levine? Levine? I don't know. Levine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. From oh, 80s. yeah. Totally. Yeah. You had the, uh, I mean, you have the calling wherever, wherever you will go? Yes. Is that the name of the song? Yeah. Okay. I know the song. I just yeah. sometimes mess up on the titles. <laughs> but you had another classic one on there. Yeah. You time After Time. Yeah. Cindy yeah. Lauper. Yeah. I'm like, oh, okay, what the heck? This is... Yeah. This is two songs that are almost 20-some years apart. Yeah. But you nail both of them. Yeah. What, what, why Cindy Lauper? Why that song? I mean, it's a classic song. I think it really fits the vibe of... I say vibe, but I mean vibe of mixtape number one um, really well. And I mean, even just working on it and getting that classic song and kind of getting to work with it, maybe do some new things. Because, I mean, the whole entire song, time after time, was written and recorded without a metronome so the, i mean they didn't even have like a you know like the click click yeah click, yeah they i mean they didn't have that i never would have thought that yeah holy cow and so, i mean the song works out so well and it all comes together that you would you'd never know that but i mean just getting to learn more about the song and getting to um just do my version of you know what you know something a song that you know defined my a song that defined who I was when I was younger
was an awesome experience just getting to work with it and create a new version, I guess. Do you remember, can you remember where you were? Kind of like a sense of who you were maybe when you heard the first time, time after time? Oh gosh. I don't, I mean, I don't remember when, I feel like I've always just grown up listen or list not listening to it but hearing it in some way like there wasn't a time where I was like oh this is the first time I've heard it you know and my mom loved I mean she grew up in the 80s so I'm that's all she played in the car when I was little so I mean I mean I grew up loving that my favorite movie is Dirty Dancing so that I mean the 80s were a huge influence on mixtape number one and just kind of the music that I wanted to produce but yeah I mean the 80s and the 90s, I mean, I grew up on that, so. I think the first time I remember that Cindy Lauper song, and I could be wrong, I could be totally messing up in my brain, <laughs> but was from The Goonies. Oh. Do you know The Goonies? Yes. Oh, good. Yeah. Yes, you guys yeah. are awesome. Yeah. The Stranger Things just took it more further. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Stranger Things is amazing, though, but you talk yeah. about 80s music. Yeah. There you go. Stranger Things just yeah. nailed it. Yeah. That's one of the things watching that show. It's like, oh, my gosh, I feel like I'm seven years old again. Yeah. But it's a good feeling like yeah. that nostalgia comes back. Yeah. So then you're singing a song like that that has such a history with you. What was it like? To, how do you make the decision to to cover that song? Yeah. Well, I mean, Matt approached us. I think, it, yeah, it actually was Matt who approached us with the idea of doing a cover song because, you know, we were debating, okay, well, do we write another song and, you know, make that the last song or do we, you know, maybe do a cover song? And Matt was like, well, why don't we do time after time? I mean, we're going after this 80s theme, you know, we're, we've kind of set the whole EP around this idea. Um, so why don't we include something like, the, you know, music from the 80s or something, do a cover song. And so we decided time after time. And it was so just, I mean, we got to learn, I obviously got to learn more about the song and where it comes from, but also just getting to sing it and getting to, I mean, I normally wouldn't tell anyone this, but I, I actually messed up the lyrics in the beginning half of the song, but I mean, you would never know unless you looked up the lyrics, but I mean, now everyone knows. So, um, so I mean, it was just a really awesome process of, okay, we want to keep it the same, but we also want to give it a modern new kind of twist to it. So you messed up the lyrics, but you guys left it in. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Mm-hmm. I, think I, don't, that- I mean, I don't think we noticed until after. And I was like, Oh yeah. Oh, <laughs> I didn't. I, yep. Did Cindy that. didn't, yeah. uh, Shoot you a text message no, and say, how no. dare you? Yeah, oh. unfortunately. So, yeah. <laughs> okay, there's a good, that's kind of a good avenue. What's it like, you, you met Amy Grant, you yeah. sang with her on stage, but then I also heard you when you talked to, to Matt on that Instagram Live, she recognized you in the airport. Yeah, so, I mean, crazy story. I mean, we're headed to, we're going to, we're going to New York for spring break. It's just started, we're... Our flight's been moved around, like it's through the DFW airport. And so we're literally running to the opposite end of the airport to try and get on this plane. And there's, and she was wearing a mask, so I couldn't really, this was right before COVID and everything started. And so she'd been wearing a mask and I saw her like walking towards us and I was like, she looks so familiar, like so familiar. And I couldn't tell, like, I couldn't understand what it was. And she... You know, like we made eye contact and she looked at me with that, you know, when you recognize someone and you're like, I can't put my finger on like, who are you? 
and we walk past each other, like just literally like as far as we're sitting apart from each other right now, walk past each other. And probably like 30 seconds later, I go, oh my gosh, that was Amy Grant. Like that was um, like just in the air. What? So, I mean, that was crazy. I was like, that's insane that I just, you know, I sang with her literally like a year ago. And here I am walking through the DFW airport of all places. And I just see Amy Grant just walking right past me. Like, yeah, nobody bus- nobody's business. It, but there wasn't, I thought you had said something to Matt, like you guys talked or there wasn't no, any, no, no, no okay, yeah. you just there saw wasn't, her. Yeah, there wasn't any interaction, but I mean, we were walking pretty fast, so yeah. that could be. And maybe she was yeah. going somewhere real quickly <laughs> yeah. too. Well, next time though, Yeah, right? next time. Next time I see her in the DFW airport, I'll be sure to yeah. say hello. So uh, that's, there's two different things there that I wanted to kind of touch on. What's it like for you now, mm-hmm. or have you even had any kind of instances of like being recognized, hey... I know you somewhat. Maybe I yeah. He- have you had that? So I mean, I I've been to two Blue October concerts. Okay. Uh, one was in Austin, and then I was in I was at a wedding in um, Arkansas in Fayetteville, and they were playing at in Fayetteville. Um, and so we happened to go to the concert, and you know met M- Matt after, and we went backstage and just kind of saw the trailer. But it's funny because you walk out and you, you know, you're with Matt and you're just, you know, you're talking with him and he obviously knows you and there are fans that are standing outside of these venues and in front of the buses and they're just waiting for someone to walk out so they can like say hi or like have them sign something. And, you know, you walk past them and you like get on the bus to go see the rest of the band and all these people are looking at you like, who in the world are you? Like, like what are you you know I've never seen you like what are you doing here why are you so special so it's kind of I mean it's crazy to see Matt in that way because at the studio I mean he's just you know he's just Matt she's Matt yeah yeah but I mean in other people in others eyes you know they're like oh my gosh that's Matt like it's crazy and so it's that was a weird feeling seeing that I don't think I've ever had anyone be like oh my gosh you're Alex Nicole like that's so awesome I mean I've a couple of Matt's friends you know that he's talked to about me have been like oh you're Alex like I've heard so much about you that's awesome but never anyone that's been like I'm such a big fan like I listen to your music all the time so so what are you gonna do how do how are you getting ready for that and I, I, again, this is a giant assumption, but yeah. I, I love your music. I think you've got so much amazing potential. You're young. You sounds like you're doing so many things right. You're aligning with the right people. What are you going to do when you get there? I mean, I I think it's one of those instances where you won't know what you're going to do till you get there. Okay. I mean, Matt obviously handles it, and all of Blue October. I mean, they handle it with such grace. And they really do like they care about your their fans, and you can tell that they do. So I think just never losing that just humbleness. When did you move to Austin? So I mean, I say we moved to Austin, but I mean I've lived in Austin my whole life. We moved there when I was I think five, so okay, like two thousand six, right before I started kindergarten. So so it's huge. I mean, it's like always been there. Yeah, known memories. Oh, yeah. whatever you want to say. Yeah. So then you know we were talking meeting artists. You've been surrounded by a music industry yeah. because it's a city that is engrossed in oh, music. Oh yeah. Talk about that. What do you think? How did you, what did you learn? And what was it like running into these other people that, you know, like we were just talking about? 
so I mean, I grew up going to concerts. I mean, Austin, what they like to say is the live capital or what is it? Live music capital of the world. And so, I mean, we grew up going to concerts, me and all my friends in high school. And then ACL, of course, is a big part of that too. And, you know, grew up going to that every single year of high school. And, you know, once I started getting involved in the music industry, that comes with certain things, you know, I'm a part of BMI. And so getting those backstage passes and getting to getting that BMI artist pass to, you know, you don't get to go to every stage, but you go, you you know, you get to experience it. You get to see what it's like for the artists before they go on stage. You get to see them, you know, getting like jittery or having the meeting with the band before they get on stage. It's, I mean, it's so cool because I've, I've never seen that in my whole life. I've always been the person that's in the crowd and not the person that's behind the stage. Like, you know, I've got a family member in a band or something like that. Like, yeah. you know, it's it's a totally different experience. And so just getting to see that and getting that, getting to see how people, how artists interact and, you know, when they're up on stage, you know, you, as a fan, you can be like, oh my gosh, it was awesome. Like, you know, I could never like reach them. You know, they're not, they're a different kind of person, I feel like, you know, but hum- being behind it sounds stage. sounds like it's humbling. Yeah. Right. I mean, you see like you see their families, you see their parents there, you see like, you know, sometimes there are siblings or their friends that aren't in the music industry or aren't like famous that you see. And so it's just really cool to see like, hey, this is their this is what they do. But they're also just I mean, they're just a person. Yeah. You know, so I think that's been really awesome to see. It's good yeah. for you as like you were saying as a young artist to develop that maturity and maybe not let it overwhelm you or yeah. overcome you. Uh, there's a few terms we could use there, but the worst thing I think that some people do is let it go to their head. Right? Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I hope you stay grounded. I, I yeah. think you've got everything set up the right way to stay grounded to where, you know, what, whatever happens, you're going to understand that I came from here yeah. This is where, you know, this is where my roots are, yeah. not to Texas or, or a logistical place, but I know what it's like to be on that other side. Yeah. And I want to make sure I respect and remember that. Yeah. It, yeah. I mean, that's awesome. I posted the other day on Instagram because somebody did a meet and greet with Justin on. Yeah. And they mentioned the podcast to him and then they shared the video and he's like, oh, yeah, I'll go on the show and all this stuff and have him DM me and stuff. And immediately my first thought is, whoa, holy shit, yeah. you know? Yeah. <laughs> and then yeah. I got to be like, okay, it's just Justin. Yeah. He's just a person. I've met yeah. him dozens of times yeah. or something like that, uh-huh. you know, but, but the, uh, doing anything like for an official thing is totally separate, but I still yeah. get those butterflies. Yeah. I still get those kind of, Yeah. I think a lot of it is too, like you're running into someone, especially when we're talking about Justin and the guys in Blue October, but you're running into artists and someone has a craft that you can't do. Yeah. You know, there's things that I can do that you can't do that Joe Schmo down the street can't do. <laughs> but then there's also other things that other people do that we yeah. look up to and we, you know, put above. But yeah. that humblingness of it, of like keeping them on our level to yeah. a certain extent yeah. is a healthy thing. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Some people will say you should never meet your idols. Yeah. What do you, do you think that's true? I think, I mean, I think you should. I think Matt has obviously, I mean, 
even if I didn't know it has played a big role in my life, in my early life, I mean, not, I mean, before I met him. And so I think, I mean, he's influenced me in such a amazing and incredible way and just kind of mentored me in this whole process of what does it mean to be an artist? What does it mean to produce music? And what does it mean to put your whole soul, your whole heart into what you write and what you produce? And so I think you can learn a lot from your idols. I mean, it definitely depends on who that person is and whether or not they, you know, respect that what we were talking about. I mean, they respect that you've been on the other side and you've, you've, you know, you've been a fan, but now you're, you know, you're now an artist. And so that as long as they respect that and they, you know, understand what that looks like, I mean, I think they can be an awesome influence. Yeah. Um, and I mean, just with, I mean, the whole Blue October band, I mean, they're all humble. They're all so just like accepting and generous. And I mean, they really like don't give themselves enough credit. And especially Matt, like, you know, he just acts like, oh, this is something I do on the side. Like, it's just Blue October. And I'm like, yeah, it's just Blue October. Like, it's not like you played at like ACL or, you know, traveled the world or anything like that. You know, it's just How many casual. top 10 hits? Yeah, you know? yeah, exactly. Mm, that's it. Yeah. Right? It's just Blue October. Like, you know. Have you heard him tell the story about uh, when he, he went to lunch or dinner or something with his mom in like Detroit? Or Michigan or something. I think I think I might have. And his mom says to the waiter, "This is oh. this is my son Matt. He's the bassist from Blue October." And yeah, the yeah. waiter kind of waiter waitress server whatever didn't yeah. really know yeah. what. Like, okay. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. And then he's just like, yeah. You know, it's just, it's just it's just Matt, right? Yeah. And I, I mean, mean, that's what I think parents across all lines are like that i mean i know my mom is like that she'll be like well actually my my daughter has some music on spotify if you want to you know if you want to go check her out if you want to give it a listen or you, know, you should follow her like she's really you know we're trying to gain like a bigger influence or the younger crowd or you know i think you would really like her music like have you listened to it she, i can play it for you right now in the middle of the mall at full blast if you want me to so, I mean, I think that that's just, you know, all parents, you know, are just like that or just proud of what their kids have accomplished and they want to see them do the best, obviously. Yeah. And th- that that's a good thing. No doubt. No. Yeah. So you're we talked a little bit about you, you know, being recognized like out in public that ha- you haven't gotten to that point yet, which is yeah. just fine. What about your peer group? Like, what yeah. your close friends know who what you do? Yeah, obviously, you know we've got Avery, who's yeah. your amazing manager, who's taking on this you know role. That's a big responsibility. <laughs> you know, that's a that's a really big responsibility. But what about like your other friends or people you run into casually yeah. that are among your age group or whatnot? Yeah. How do you how do you broach this yeah. or what what it comes up or? Yeah, so. So my close friends in high school, I mean, they obviously, they know everything that's, they know how I got started. They know everything that's happened. And so, I mean, they love, like one of their favorite songs is Little Things. Mm -hmm. And so that's obviously on mixtape number one. But I mean, they'll text me and they'll be like, oh my gosh, just your song. Like, I love it so much. Or, you know, friends and at different schools or in different cities are like, I showed my friends like all your music and they, you know, they're listening to it or they'll tell me funny stories 
stories about how they, you know, walk in on their friends listening to it. And um, it's just funny to see, like, okay, people my age, you know, like this, and they listen to it, and they enjoy it. But, I mean, it's, yeah, it's crazy. And I know things will be okay, but I just need to hear you say it's the it mean to you when, when you I get mean, those reactions yeah I love it I mean I that's what I want I want people my age to hear my music and I want to because you know I mean I draw off my experiences and you know experiences that others have had and so I want people my age to listen to it and be like I felt that way before or I feel that way right now yeah music is a great connector I mean no matter yeah. what when you connect with music, when you can connect with someone and then you can share it with somebody else who draws whatever kind of connection they do from the same type of music, it's like you just feel like that there's something that's not breakable there. Yeah. It's an immediate kind of, okay, we have this thing in common now. It's a huge thing with Blue October, no doubt. Yeah. You can go to a show and you can be standing in line and there's 20 strangers around you. But once you start talking about the music or the band... Yeah. There's no more strangers. Yeah. Like you're all just part of this big family yeah. and it's freaking awesome. Yeah. You talked about taking guitar lessons from yes. CB. Yeah. And tell me a little bit about, first off, uh, did you know who CB was? Yeah. So my, I'd, I really didn't, you know, recognize any of the band members, but I mean, I mean, I grew up on Blue October, so I knew who Blue October was. I just didn't, you know, know the names in the band. But, you know, when Matt and CB, CB was there the same day that, you know, I was first in the studio with Matt. So I got to meet both of them and my mom was freaking out, like (laughs) super fangirl, like ringtones, went to, drove in college to go see their band play, like crazy stories. Yeah, what's your, what's your mom's ringtone again? Tell me. Calling you. So that's. (laughs) So when your dad calls your mom. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. I love it. Yeah. And it played in the studio one time, and Matt kind of turned around, and he was like, what? What's going on? That's great. So, but yeah, CB, actually, um, we did guitar lessons for a little bit, but I mean, it got hard with school and just trying to write and everything and just competing, like voice lessons, piano lessons, guitar lessons. It was just a lot on the plate. Um, so. How, how is the guitar done? I mean, you still play? So I can probably play a chord. Okay. Uh, that's about as far as we got. All right. Um, but, you know, I mean, hopefully maybe one day I'll be able to play more than a chord. <laughs> <laughs> Do you want to play more than a chord? Was it a, a like in learning the instrument, did you, did you find yeah. it quite a challenging instrument? I did. I personally, I grew up just, I mean, we have a piano in our house. So, I mean, I took piano lessons for when I was younger. And then, I mean, I just like to sit by the piano and, you know, look up YouTube videos of popular songs and play them on piano. So I feel like piano is definitely more my instrument than guitar. Okay. So, yeah. Piano's a tougher one, and I love piano too. I think the whole, like what you were getting at with the coffee shop and going and sitting and playing, singing somewhere, that's so conducive to just bringing a guitar, you know. Yeah, exactly. But, I mean, just have somebody else play the guitar with you, right? Yeah, 
I mean, why not? It, it, yeah. p- although a lot of places do have the piano. Yeah. Can you play piano and sing at the same time? So it's a little hard. Yeah. So hard for me it's because I mean your focus is in two areas. Yeah. But, I mean, not really. <laughs> not really. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Good answer. See, you're honest. I mean, you're still very early on in your career. Yeah. But uh, the voice is there. Yeah. Y- you've definitely got an amazing voice, just a really cool range. The song that you have that I was just really drawn to was Home. Yeah. I mean, that song is awesome. Yeah. What What is that? Did you write that one as well? So I did, yeah. Okay. I, I co-wrote that one with Paco. Um and that one is, I, I mean, I love home. It's personally, it's, it's Matt's favorite. It's one of my favorites. I mean, just the sound, the instrumental, like, it's incredible. We worked really, really hard on that one. Yeah. But, I mean, the song itself is just about, quite honestly, it's about my faith. Okay. So, I mean, it says in there, like, I'm ready to come home. It's about, you know, being distracted and letting things in life distract you from what means the most sure and just coming back to that place where you're supposed to be and so that i mean i love that song yeah that's a great song the lyric in there that really strikes me is like it's something along the lines of like come on pick me up because i'm standing on the side of the road yeah so come and pick me up because i'm standing on the side of the road So that's kind of like, in my head, I'm just thinking of somebody wandering and lost. Yeah. yeah and exactly. now that means so much more knowing the faith route to it. Yeah. The cool part about that is I didn't know that. I didn't yeah. have any idea about that. Yeah. But now when I'll listen back, it'll have a completely different meaning. Yeah. Is that, is that pretty instrumental in your life? Yeah. Um, talk about that. Well, yeah. Is it Does it come from your parents? It kind of comes from your upbringing? Yeah. So, I mean, my, I grew up in a Christian household. My, I went to a Christian high school, Christian elementary school. And so, I mean, go to church, go to summer camp. I worked at a Christian summer camp this past summer. And so it's a, it's a really big part of my life. And I'd say that's one thing that's really influenced me to, I mean, go into the music industry. I mean, that's something my mom has always said is, you know, God gave you a gift, you know, like you should use it. You should use it to benefit others. You should use it to, you know, express how you feel and your emotions. So that's, I mean, it's something that's really influenced me. Does the writing for you come pretty easy? The writing does. It's, it can be difficult sometimes because, you know, you'll get stuck on a line and you, it, it'll be that one line for maybe three weeks. Okay. And you'll just be sitting there and finally it'll come to you. So it can be difficult in that sense, but I mean, normally when, when we get on a roll writing, I mean, we get it done in four hours. So for one song. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's, that's pretty impressive. Yeah. That's uh, so when you're doing this, do you hear the music first or do the lyrics come, you add the music, which kind of yeah. happens first? So normally we kind of get just like a melody, you know, or something like a couple of notes or Paco will show me, show me something that he's been working on. Um, and so we'll play that, something like a beat, just to like get that layer, get that groundwork. And then we'll just kind of start like, we'll listen to it just over and over and over again. And then, you know, we'll talk about like 
all right, well, what do you want to write about today? You know, what's been going on in your life? What what does this beat or what does this melody make you feel? What does this make you think of? And so from there, I mean, we'll just kind of build off of it. And sometimes it can get off track because, I mean, there's, I mean, so many different thoughts, so many different ways that you can go. But I mean, once we pull it together and like it all comes together, it's it's awesome. When you when you hit those like a home type yeah. song, when you put all those lyrics together and it just works and you yeah. nailed that theme of what you were trying to go for. Yeah. I mean, that's got to be just yeah. a eureka kind of feeling, yeah. right? It's, it's awesome. It's the best feeling. What's it like for you then to take a song? Let's, let's just take home like you've you start from scratch, nothing on paper. You go, you have the paper down. Now you get to add the music in and then you get to record and watch that whole thing. Because I watched a video and I yeah. saw you describe a little bit of how that had gone down. So yeah. what's that like for you? So they're long days in <laughs> yep. the studio. They are really long days. So normally, I mean, Matt will have drums set up and that, you know, they'll get there probably at like nine, 10 o'clock. So after drums are set up and we kind of start to get going, we'll get there around 11.30, 12. And we'll be there for like 10 to 12 hours in the studio Um, because we do drums first. We then move on to either keys if we have them or bass, guitar. We then do, we make sure we have the beat in if there's going to be any electronic feature in the song. Mm -hmm. And then vocals are actually the last thing we do. Okay. So we do those at the very end of the day, and that's the last thing we do before comping. Comping? What do you mean by comping? I don't even know what that (laughs) is. (laughs) So comping is just, it means putting everything together. Okay. Um, Picking out all the best pieces of the vocals and laying them on top of the instrumental. Is that the producer then of the song that's doing that? Yeah, so that's normally Matt and then the engineer. Okay. who is working that day. Cool. So you're spending, and, and this is one. This is maybe for one song, right? Yeah. And so you're spending like 10, 12 hours yeah. in the day for that one song. Yeah. You really are family. Yeah. You better like these people. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Yeah. What, what, what do these, they become more than just business relationships then. Yeah, right? definitely. How do you manage that? Like how do you, how have, uh, like... And I don't mean to, don't take this the wrong way of like, you know, you're not experienced or anything, no, but yeah. you're younger, yeah. we'll say. Yeah. <laughs> you are younger. How do you, like, you seem so mature. you got to be really mature to go through that because spending 10 or 12 hours in a space with someone, they're going to get on your nerves. Yeah. yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. Like, what do you I do? I mean, I think we are just all very understanding of hey, this is a long process, so, you know, if I if I need time to, I mean, there's no windows in the studio, obviously, but, you know, if I need time to go sit outside in the sun, like, that's okay. You know, I'll come in for, I'll go out for maybe 20 minutes, come back in, and then, you know, we'll keep going. Sure. But, I mean, I think it's just really, a, it's all just, like, understanding each other. And just honestly being yourself. Like, I, you know, I post most of the videos on Instagram, but I mean, there are a ton of videos, ton of bloopers, I'll say, (laughs) of me just like goofing off in the studio or of, I mean, Matt or Ronnie, who's my vocal coach. I mean, we all just kind of, you know, we're ourselves, you know, and we're not, you know, afraid to like goof off. And we understand that it's a serious process, but at the same time, you know, we have fun with it. 
And part of being yourself and part of being mature and getting to know yourself, I think something that just comes with age is the ability to handle frustration, right? Stress, just everyday life. No matter what you do, I think even if you start out loving it, you do it enough, it can sometimes become mundane. Some parts of it, I'm sure. There's parts of this. I will flat out tell you, there are parts of doing this podcast that are tedious, that are meticulous, and can be mundane. And sometimes I, myself, even have to remove myself and say, hey, what are you doing this for? You love this. Do it with enthusiasm and bring back that love. But how do you do that when you're 20 years old, you know, when you're really young. I don't know if I could have done that when I was young. And this was something I asked Avery because I thought it was really good to kind of get the two of them together. You've got, uh, I'm sitting there in the same room with them and I can see the connection between the two of them. There's things that were said off the mic, but I wanted to get Avery's kind of overall take of what does she do when she sees and she knows that her best friend, who's a recording artist, is having a bad day. She's just not getting it. She's really frustrated. She can't get through that. What do, what do you do with something like that? How do you calm her down? What do you do to make her stay, help her stay grounded? I mean, I think it's cool because we do a lot of the process together. And that was kind of like the point of bringing me in was kind of like, not like things are awkward with your parents, but it's like kind of harder to be like, this sucks. This is amazing. You know, like get the full raw emotion within that comes in music writing creating like that's the whole point is like musicians are very like in touch with their emotions yeah sometimes that's hard to do around like family members and stuff and so that was the goal in bringing me in was to be able to like walk through this process with her and like from songwriting like i've co-written some of the songs on the new album or like one i think and then like to all the way to like the studio the video it's like i've gone through the whole process with her and so like moments in the studio where she might be getting like really frustrated like i'll walk in there and just be like just like kind of remind her who she is and kind of be like, and just be like, Alec, it's, you're fine. Take a breath. Like you're take a breath. Like, yes, Matt is this big producer. Yes. We're in this amazing studio, but like, just like take a breath and think about where we are. And like, just reminding her, like, if you don't want to do this, we don't have to do this. Like no one ever said we had to do this. And I feel like it just helps take a step back and be like, this process is actually meant to be fun. Music is fun. Singing is fun. Writing a song is fun because not a lot of people can do it. You know, so it's a fun process. And yes, after doing four hours of the same, I'm going to fall into the deep end over and over and over. It's kind of like, I never want to hear those four words put together ever again. Like I even just sing on the other side. I'm like, oh my gosh. I'm like, I, I don't ever want to hear those four words put together again. But also realizing that like every single artist goes through that. Yeah, It's nothing specific to me, to her, to Matt, to it's, it's everybody goes through that. And it's just being like, let's take a step back. Like, let's take a break. Like, who said you can't freak out in the back room? Who said? Like, you can freak out, scream. Like, we'll turn off the mic. And you, like, I literally have gone back there and been like, let's just, like, scream. Like, let's just scream all the way. Like, we, it just is reminding, because it makes sense. Like, when you're frustrated, it's like with any sport, art, music, like, anything when you're frustrated. I'm even sure with your podcast. Like, when you're frustrated, it's hard, like, to remember in those frustrated moments that this is something you love. And that yes. when you do something like this, it's meant to be fun. And the moment it's not fun, your perspective's been messed up. Yeah. You got to remember your perspective and be like, and that's the whole point with me and Rania is like, we're like, take her out of there. We go into that middle room with the piano and we're like, let's make it fun again. 
let's take this frustration, let's pull it out and let's bring back the fun. And then we'll send you back in there when you've changed your perspective, your emotion. And there's like, I mean, it's not like weird to get frustrated with that is what I'm saying. Like that's not just an Alex Nicole thing. It's a human thing to get frustrated and to remember that like, this is actually what we love. So we will literally go in there and I'm like, I'm like, let's get some Rihanna, Ronnie, like play stay. And it's like, we're dancing around belting. We're not necessarily trying to sound good. Like, yes, she does sound good when she does it, but that's not the goal. Like we're just singing as if you had, we're in a car with all the windows down and singing down the highway. Like it's the same idea, the same vibe. Like, and even if she got to a point of really deep down, like pit frustration, I would literally be like, come on, get in the car. We're going to drive. And like, that's my role is like, Matt, take a break. We'll go get your lunch. Like, Heather, do whatever you want to do. Like, Ronnie, go walk in the store. Like, is everyone kind of like, let's take a separation. We're going to go for a drive, get her headspace back there, and we'll be back in 10 minutes. It sounds like you have a really good relationship with all the people that, you know, are surrounded by, or that Alex is surrounded by as well. I mean, I think that plays into that whole family concept. Like, I've only been to the studio twice. Okay. Like, and like, I went there twice and like, Matt was like, that's the amazing thing. Matt like offered me an internship over the summer, this past summer. And was like, do you want to work at our studio? Like, it was that quick of like that family like bond. And Matt is like, you're welcome to come in whenever you want. Like we, you're known here and like, they make you feel known and they're like, you just walk in. And I think it just also speaks like, it's just like our personalities. I can walk, I can talk to a wall. Like I can walk in and like, I can, like I have no fear in that. And Alex is like a relatable person to like us together. It's kind of like. Hey, like, and I will talk, if you like music in any sense, like, I love you. Like, I don't, I don't care what kind of music it is. I know something about it and I love you automatically. I'm like, let's talk about it. I could talk to hours about it. I'm sure Alex can say the same thing for her. Like, if you were anything in the music industry, I'm like, so genuine. I'm like, um, let me pick your brain. Yeah, I want to know right. everything. Like, I want to know everything about you. I'm often drawn to people that work so well together and when they work so closely together for long periods of time, and they develop the relationship even greater. And you can hear this going on with Avery and Alex. You can hear that Avery has a sense of who Alex is and what Alex needs in certain moments. She also knows what the team can do and can't do, and then where her role is, where she needs to step in. And they've developed this, you know, relationship to where it, it just works. Uh, I could see it. I'm going to tell you right here. I could see it working in the, you know, the time that I spent talking with the two of them. And one of the things that was really interesting that kept coming up in talking with Alex is how to make this choice. She's got this career that she's really talented at. Uh, that's not yet a career. I mean, it's it's a path. It's something that she can go down. And at the same time, she's going to school for something else that she loves and has found an interest in. And one of these days, it's going to come to a head, right? Maybe you can do both for a little while. I'm not really sure. But she's going to have to make a choice. That was pretty obvious and in talking with her. And it was interesting to get her point of view of how do you make that choice and what do you do and what factors kind of go into that and just to hear that all play out within her own words. Uh, I do this because I love this band. I love the music. And I yeah. love what they've done with so many people. Yeah. And then now stretching out and seeing where the influences they've had, you know, such as y- your own story. But uh, I don't have any aspirations of other than doing what I'm doing. You know, yeah. I, I don't have this whole aspirations to be 
freaking Joe Rogan or anything like that. I just want people to listen and know how special this band is and the stories. And again, like I said, just all the impacts that they've had. Yeah. And I think if I keep that as my central core, it spreads. Yeah. Uh, I I hope. And even if it doesn't, even if it's 15 people uh, a year or whatever that might be exposed to it. Okay. Yeah. I don't care, yeah. uh, quite honestly. You know, I, yeah. I really don't. I, I do, but I, I don't care to where the point it's going to ruin yeah. anything that I'm doing. I just yeah. I just really want people to know this band. Yeah. In weighing that as a career, though, you've got... that. That's a really difficult question for you to answer right now, probably, is where's your choice going to be? This is way on down the road. Yeah. Where, where are you going to have to make this? I think you're yeah. doing it right, and you're getting the background. Yeah. You're focusing on your education you're taking care of that yeah but then at the same time you've got this thing over here that's it's not a little thing yeah no it's it's a big thing (laughs) but where is that cutoff going to be where do you think yeah thought thought ahead i mean it's it's honestly it's it's hard to see because you know i mean matt's told me multiple times like if you want to be the next taylor swift like let's do it Mm -hmm. like I can, we can get you there. Like if you honestly want to. And I think that that's something is I've always been kind of, you know, scared to be in the spotlight because, you know, I, I don't want that, you know, I don't want that people thinking I don't even know about me or like, you know, what they, what they think about my music or what they think about what I believe or what they think about how I dress or how I look. And so I think that's always been something that's scary of, do I really want to be in the spotlight or do I want to continue to be where I've always been, which is kind of, you know, like have, have a good amount of friends. I, you know, live a pretty happy life, like, you know, or do I want to do something greater? And so I think that that's a question that right now, you know, I'm even wrestling with of what do I want to do? You know, is this, do I want to follow the path of, I just want to live a normal life and I just want to, you know, continue studying what I've studied and then go and work in a school and be with kids. Or do I want to go out and be in the music industry and write every day and, you know, record songs and go tour. So, so and what I'm hearing you say is you don't equate that to anything normal. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Like that life yeah. isn't normal. And that's, I mean, that's what it seems like. It seems like this distant far off idea but the reality is with everything I mean we talked about it social media with everything that this world has to offer I mean that's it's so attainable it's I mean it really is so attainable to just become someone well known it just takes knowing the right people quite honestly yeah and and hitting the perfect chord at the right time yeah you know like they always say right place right time and you never know what's gonna yeah. Strike boom big, yeah. right? Yeah. Taylor Swift reference is interesting. Um, have you watched the documentary on her on Netflix? So I, I did watch half of it. I haven't I didn't watch the whole thing. Okay. But I mean, I have been a Taylor Swift fan for I mean, as long as I can remember. I wouldn't say that she's one of my like influences in the music that I write, but she definitely has been an influence on what does it look like to influence others through music? What does it look like to tell your story through music? Um, And I know that she gets a lot of, she gets a bad rap for, you know, her songs about all of her songs seem to be about 
her ex-boyfriends or um, her love interests. But I mean, her songs, if you listen to those lyrics, I mean, she pours every single part of herself into them. And I mean, she really does. She, you know, spends all of her time writing those songs and she'll spend months on one song and maybe just one line and making sure that it's right and making sure that it tells the story that she wants it to. So I think that part of her story has been a big influence on me. But I mean, she definitely knows how to make it. I mean, she knew what to do. She knew what people to go to. And, you know, it it was chance. I mean, people heard her music and it was at the right time. Yeah. And it was at the right place. So. But there's a ton. And the, I, I think we didn't talk about this. Maybe it was in my head, but what (laughs) something you just talked about there was, which really strikes a chord with me in what I'm hearing you say is the vulnerability. Yeah, being in that spotlight, that's incredibly vulnerable. Yeah, you know when you're you've done two stage performances, like you said, like you know in front of the the big crowd, that vulnerability is well. There's two things there. There's a huge amount of vulnerability there because, uh oh. I'm exposing myself and I could be not well yeah. received. Yeah. But then there's the other part of, uh-oh, if I'm well received and I get all this applause, that's going to be, ooh, I'm going to be really high from that, right? Yeah. So, yeah. but what about the vulnerability? That's scary. And how do you, in being younger, how do you deal with that? Yeah. What do you, what, what um, do you tell yourself to get out there? So, I mean, I mean, you're right. It is scary. It's scary putting yourself out there and being like, this is things, these are things that I've gone through. These are things that I felt like, you know, and I put them in a song and I put them out for everyone to hear. And that, you know, it feels, it can feel weird, but I mean, that's just, I know that they're, you know, my friends listen to it and it doesn't matter what I think the biggest thing I've learned is it doesn't matter what other people think of me as long as I love what I'm doing. And as long as I'm telling the truth, you know, and I'm, Mm. I'm telling people what has actually happened and that kind of honesty and that kind of vulnerability is what people like. I mean, that's why Taylor Swift got so big is because she's so honest in her songs and she's so honest about things of her things in her life that's happened. I mean, she talks about it in her in her documentary about, you know, certain struggles that she's had with, you know, mental health and physical health and all throughout her lifetime. And that's what that's what people like. They don't like that the fake like I'm perfect. Nothing goes wrong in my life. They like to feel like, okay, this person's just like me. And they've been through things that I have. The relatability. Yeah. Totally. I mean, when you can relate with an artist like that, and that's a huge thing with Blue October too. I've touched on that. I, I try to talk to people about that of like, okay, you don't know Blue October. I guarantee you, yes. give me five songs. Probably doesn't even take that many. Yeah. But give me a few, give me a few songs. Let me show you a video. Yeah. You'll be right there. You'll be yeah. You'll be hooked. What's next for you? What what are we looking for? What's coming up from yeah. Alex Nicole? Um. So I mean, we'll be releasing the new EP hopefully soon. I mean, we're still working on the name. We're still working on covers and art and all of that. But I think next we're I mean hoping to release a single pretty soon, just before the um, EP comes out. So just be looking forward to that. One of those songs will be out, which will be super awesome. And then honestly, like with the new EP, I mean, the stuff is just so unique and it's a completely new 
vibe, I would say. I mean, it still plays off the old, um, or not, I don't want to say old, but like mixtape number one, it definitely still plays off of it, but it is its own thing. You know, we are working to hopefully get a music video, a professional music video done. So be looking out for that. Yeah. Yeah, that's, uh, I'm excited. I, I, I think anybody that follows you and kind of listens to this music is going to, listens to your music, listens to maybe the older stuff, is going to be a little bit surprised yeah. on, on the direction you yeah. chose, but it still feels very authentic. It still feels very much you. So the one you're talking about and trying to get, um, you have an idea yeah. for one of these songs for yeah. a video? Um, yeah, so we actually, one of the songs, we're debating between two of them to do the video. Um, Matt really loves Lonely. That's, you know, one of his favorite songs that we've done so far. But I mean, I just, there's this other song, Upper Hand, that I just, I really love. I love the, uh, I love how we made it. I love the sounds and um, the vocals. I think it's a really awesome song. So um, we're still kind of talking about which one we're going to do and which one would be best for like promotion and for video, obviously, and, you know, building like a storyline or, you know, what what we would even do in a music video. So um, we're still debating between the two. But I mean, I think we're leaning towards one of them. Definitely. Okay. Yeah. And then you're going to have to decide to yeah get some touring like we were yeah. we were talking about a little bit ago and that that's going to come right like yeah you're going to try Definitely. to get some performances yes. and stuff up yeah well I think you're just I think you're going to be great I think if all these things line up and everything works out and we can get out of this era that's you know where we can't meet yeah and gather in large groups yeah. and even if maybe you end up doing some smaller concerts yeah this might work out really perfectly oh, yeah. in that sense of you can go get some smaller shows done. Get some Definitely. of those under your belt, right? Yeah, but for sure. Well, all great info. I'm so excited to share this. Yeah. Thank you. No, thank you. This has been awesome. I mean, well, it's been wonderful. Thank you so much. And Avery, too. I mean, thank you so much. I didn't say thank you to you on the recording. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, you guys are great. I'm, I'm really excited for everything that's going yeah. to follow for you. interested to see where Alex ends up in five, ten years. Right now we have new music from her though. The new single, There For You, is available today. We don't yet have a time frame of when the EP will be available yet. Uh, I don't even think we have a name yet. But that will be available soon. And as soon as I find out, I'll let you know too. Because I'm sure you'll want to listen. After hearing her talk and getting to know her a little bit more. And if you like any of the music that I've used in this episode, go check her out on Spotify. You know, most of the songs are available on there. Like her on there, follow her, follow her on Instagram. Uh, Her name on Instagram, I believe is Alex Nicole ATX. I'll put it in the show notes down below if you want to read that too, or scroll down there to 
to one click it, right? <laughs> we always like to just click through things easier. But it's going to be fun to watch. It's going to be really interesting to see where her career path goes. I do think she's got a ton of talent. She's got the right team surrounding her with a whole bunch of support. And I think that's what it takes to be successful and to keep that humbleness about her to where she wants, do you want to approach someone like this in 15 years when they're a megastar or something like that? You know, I, I don't know. Just talking out a little bit right there. So thank you to, I want to say thank you to Alex Nicole and thank you to Avery so much. It was amazing sitting there talking to you guys for all that time that morning uh, that we shared and it was just, it was really special to me. And, and then to find out that this was your first podcast and your first interview and you did so well, uh, you know, I'm very humbled and incredibly blessed to be able to share this with, with you, with who's listening right here today. So I, I can't thank you enough. I, I'm very, very grateful and appreciative for that. So make sure you go follow her and listen to that music and check it out. All right. So I said I would read. One of the reviews I got. Little background here. This review is from Gene CW. Gene is a friend of Justin. He's known Justin a long time, but this review just it really it really hit my heart. So I wanted to share it. This is the first one I've shared on here. And if you want to read more of these, there's a few of them on here. You just have to go to iTunes and you can scroll up all the way to the bottom and uh, they should come up automatically. I, I don't know of other podcast platforms or services that give the reviews out um, or how to do that. But I do know it's available on iTunes and those are the ones I like to read. So if you have some other ones that you want to leave them on the other ones or the other services, let me know. Go ahead, leave it. Let me know. Tag me. Put it on Instagram or something. Definitely alert me to it because I need to know too. So he says, this podcast is truly a captivating listen. It continues the sometimes, if not often, life-changing messages of not only Blue October, but the fans whose stories are shared. I will admit I am biased in that the main topic happens to be my best friend Justin, but the host Lucas really has a way of editing and creating episodes that keep your interest and create a safe and entertaining space to learn, share, and grow. His genuine love for the band and care for the fans is probably the main two reasons to listen in. He allows guests to really open up and he listens. That is the sign of a great interviewer and host. Lucas, thanks for spreading the word of Blue October. All the guys in the band are life-changing people, creating life-changing music, and your show celebrates and continues that. Well, thank you, Gene. Uh, I've said this many times to listeners out there in Instagram posts and whoever I can talk to about it. The fact that anybody listens to this is amazing to me. I'm incredibly thrilled and incredibly blessed to share this band and these stories and now a new artist who's you know got some influence from this amazing stuff but it does mean a lot to me thank you for leaving that amazing review and if you want to leave your own review and have me read it sometime please do i would love to read it i'm going to get to more of those uh there's a few more definitely that i want to read through there so i'll try to remember to do one of these every episode so make it tough for me. Make it, uh, leave me one. Make sure, uh, remind me and prompt me a little bit. Anyway, this has been a, a great episode. Thank you for listening. I'm glad you were here. Glad you listened in today. And I'll be back with a new episode soon. I know the next one is really exciting. I've already got it planned out. I don't want to give anything away 
on what it is, but it's going to be a really good one right before the holidays. We'll give a, a wink, wink there. Thank you again for listening. Until the next time you hear my voice, keep graceful dancing. And you're a superstar on your own. And I'm looking over your shoulder, getting older. And God